Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everyone, today we're in Genesis 30 through 31, and... I just don't know what to say about this one. <laughs> uh, it's a great, great section of the Bible to read if you do not have enough spotted or speckled sheep or goats. If you know nothing about farming like me, you'll ask yourself the there, question, is this a miracle or is this science? There's some <laughs> handy little prescriptions in here of how to make sure your sheep and goats are spotted and speckled. <laughs> I read the words streak, spotted, and speckled many times in this reading. And I was like, what? Am I going to stop reading this? Yeah, so the answer is, like, if all you have is just boring, old, plain-colored sheep and goats and camels and stuff, you make them mate in front of a white branch with the bark stripped off, and then <laughs> only spotted, speckled, and streaked animals are born. And so what did, the, what did your commentary say about this? Scholars debate. <laughs> I'm just picturing a bunch of Bible nerds vigorously arguing about how this it's is like, possible. It's like Bible nerds, biologists, and farmers. Like, no, it's definitely real. It seems like uh, we have a situation where Laban is deceitful again. Uh, I'm a little bit sad that when Laban said, Jacob, what wages would you like? That he didn't go like, wait, the last time you tricked me. Uh, so Laban is dishonest again. Instead of paying Jacob the part of the flock that he's owed. Mm -hmm. He like hides the flock in other places. I'm not sure how Jacob didn't notice that. And then Jacob does this little peeled bark thing that <laughs> enables him to get more flocks, uh, which does seem to be a miracle. Right. And it's It's got to be a miracle. This is probably a great place to say, this doesn't seem to be a science book. It <laughs> seems to be a narrative. <laughs> About what God did. Yeah, I, I do want to I want to push back on what you said. I think that, I think Jacob knew. I think a deceiver knows when he's being deceived. <laughs> no, no, he doesn't. And he did, learns from the didn't first we go time. Over, didn't we go over this? He has, I think, he has two wives. I think 20 years later, he's now realized the kind of person that Laban is. He's stuck with that dull-eyed girl. <laughs> dull-eyed girl. Na, 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 you my. I, you know... It wouldn't make me sad if there was not an episode that went by where you did not sing. Did not sing. Yeah, wouldn't make me sad either. But <laughs> replacing brown eyed girl with doll eyed girl is kind of fun. It really changes the meaning. <laughs> okay. Anyway, I really think that he knew. I think he understands Laban's character at this point, and he's like, "That's why he says, don't give me anything. Otherwise, he'd be like, give me half of what you own because most of it's mine. I like made you who you are." Yeah. So he says, "Don't give me anything. Just do this one thing." And he probably knew that Laban was going to somehow try Laban and trick him. Bad news. Yeah, and this is a good uh, time to point out that Laban served idols, which is a huge bummer, probably to his grandfather Nahor, <laughs> who served God. <laughs> this makes me think of Namor. It's not the same. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I mean, you kind of see his his character here, and I don't know. I, I had the opinion that I kind of can see Jacob's faith increasing with the way he talked about God um, and just kind of seeing God's faithfulness. Do you agree with that? Yeah, there seems to be, like, more and more conviction of who God is. And we'll, we'll continue to see that develop, that Jacob is growing out of his favorite sin of deception mm -hmm. and into like a more faithful representation of what God intends him to be. It did take for Jacob. I think it took him seeing 
all the material blessings that God has given him in order for his faith to grow. And I would hope that is not the same for all of us. And, and it's not, it's not the case for, I mean, God does grow the material possessions of the people like of Israelites, of these patriarchs and everything. But think about Abraham who was literally setting out with no thought of God whatsoever. And he acted on faith. You will see, multiple times where like a narrative surrounding a patriarch is very similar. So Abraham leaves his homeland, his country, he goes somewhere where he's never been and he ends up like having tons of possessions Mm -hmm. and people and descendants. And there was a time where he could never imagine that Mm -hmm. Jacob, uh, the circumstances are a little bit different, uh, but he ends up in a different country entirely. Um, the circumstance surrounding him is that Laban continues to try to take advantage of him and, and deceive him mm-hmm. and like rob him. Mm-hmm. And yet God is blessing him and he ends up in a place where he walked in with only a staff and now he has uh, wives and descendants and possessions and flocks and mm-hmm. he's doing pretty well. And then another footnote is just because he has wives does not mean he should have more than one wife. Yeah. Well, and, and you know, just because he has lots of stuff doesn't mean. Yeah. You know, it can be evidence of the fact yeah. that God is blessing him, but that doesn't ensure that he's serving God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, Rachel steals all these idols. Oh, yeah. That seems not great. I think she was mad at her dad. There is, there is a question, like, is she privately worshiping these idols? Or is she just like, you know what, guy? <laughs> You've been so mean to us. <laughs> yeah, because, like, the... With Jacob, it was, seemed like a big thing where Jacob was like, guys, come here to this field. I'm going to tell you what we're going to do yeah. next. And Rachel, Rachel and they are just like, all right, sure. Sounds <laughs> like, good. Let's get out of <laughs> <whatever>. here. Whatever. <laughs> Genesis 30, verse 25. Soon after Rachel had given birth to Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, please release me so I can go home to my own country. Let me take my wives and children, for I have earned them by serving you. And let me be on my way. You certainly know how hard I've worked for you. Please listen to me, Laban replied. I have become wealthy, for the Lord has blessed me because of you. Tell me how much I owe you. Whatever it is, I'll pay it. Jacob replied, You know how hard I've worked for you and how your flocks and herds have grown under my care. You had little indeed before I came, but your wealth has increased enormously. The Lord has blessed you through everything I've done. But now what about me? When can I start providing for my own family? What wages do you want? Laban asked again. Jacob replied, don't give me anything. Just do this one thing and I'll continue to tend and watch over your flocks. Let me inspect your flocks today and remove all the sheep and goats that are speckled or spotted along with all the black sheep. Give these to me as my wages. In the future, when you check on the animals you have given me as my wages, you'll see that I have been honest. If you find in my flock any goats without speckles or spots or any sheep that are not black, you will know that I have stolen them from you. All right, Laban replied, it will be as you say. But that very day, Laban went out and removed the male goats that were streaked and spotted, all the female goats that were speckled or spotted or had white patches, and all the black sheep. He placed them in the care of his own sons, who took them a three days journey from where Jacob was. Meanwhile, Jacob stayed and cared for the rest of Laban's flock. Then Jacob took some fresh branches from poplar, almond, and plane trees and peeled off strips of bark, making white streaks on them. Then he placed these peeled branches in the watering troughs where the flocks came to drink, for that was where they mated. And when they mated in front of the white streaked branches, they gave birth to young that were streaked, speckled, and spotted. Jacob separated those lambs from Laban's flock, and at mating time he turned the flock to face Laban's animals that were streaked or black. This is how he built his own flock instead of increasing Laban's. 
Whenever the stronger females were ready to mate, Jacob would place the peeled branches in the watering troughs in front of them. Then they would mate in front of the branches. But he didn't do this with the weaker ones. So the weaker lambs belonged to Laban, and the stronger ones were Jacob's. As a result, Jacob became very wealthy, with large flocks of sheep and goats, female and male servants, and many camels and donkeys. But Jacob soon learned that Laban's sons were grumbling about him. Jacob has robbed our father of everything, they said. He has gained all his wealth at our father's expense. And Jacob began to notice a change in Laban's attitude towards him. Then the Lord said to Jacob, Return to the land of your father and grandfather and to your relatives there, and I will be with you. So Jacob called Rachel and Leah out to the field where he was watching his flock. He said to them, I have noticed that your father's attitude toward me has changed, but the God of my father has been with me. You know how hard I have worked for your father, but he has cheated me, changing my wages ten times. But God has not allowed him to do me any harm. For he said, the speckled animals will be your wages. The whole flock began to produce speckled young. And when he changed his mind and said, the striped animals will be your wages. And the whole flock produced striped young. In this way, God has taken your father's animals and given them to me. One time during the mating season, I had a dream and saw that the male goats mating with the females were streaked, speckled, and spotted. Then in my dream, the angel of God said to me, Jacob, and I replied, yes, here I am. The angel said, look up and you will see that only the streaked, speckled, and spotted males are mating with the females of your flock, for I have seen how Laban has treated you. I am the God who appeared to you at Bethel, the place where you anointed the pillar of stone and made your vow to me. Now get ready and leave this country and return to the land of your birth." Rachel and Leah responded, That's fine with us. We won't inherit any of our father's wealth anyway. He has reduced our rights to those of foreign women, and after he sold us, he wasted the money you paid him for us. All the wealth God has given you from our father legally belongs to us and our children. So go ahead and do whatever God has told you. So Jacob put his wives and children on camels, and he drove all his livestock in front of him. He packed all the belongings he had acquired in Padan Aram and sent out for the land of Canaan, where his father Isaac lived. At the time they left, Laban was some distance away, shearing his sheep. Rachel stole her father's household idols and took them with her. Jacob outwitted Laban the Aramean, for they set out secretly and never told Laban they were leaving. So Jacob took all his possessions with him and crossed the Euphrates River, heading for the hill country of Gilead. Three days later, Laban was told that Jacob had fled. So he gathered a group of his relatives and set out in hot pursuit. He caught up with Jacob seven days later in the hill country of Gilead. But the previous night, God had appeared to Laban the Aramean in a dream and told him, I'm warning you, leave Jacob alone. Laban caught up with Jacob as he was camped in the hill country of Gilead, and he set up his camp not far from Jacob's. What do you mean by deceiving me like this? Laban demanded. How dare you drag my daughters away like prisoners of war? Why did you slip away secretly? Why did you deceive me? And why didn't you say you wanted to leave? I would have given you a farewell feast with singing and music accompanied by tambourines and harps. Why didn't you let my kiss, me kiss my daughters and grandchildren and tell them goodbye? You have acted very foolishly. I could destroy you, but the God of your father appeared to me last night and warned me, leave Jacob alone. I can understand your feeling that you must go and your intense longing for your father's home, but why have you stolen my gods? I rushed away because I was afraid, Jacob answered. I thought you would take your daughters from me by force, but as for your gods, see if you can find them and let the person who has taken them die. And if you find anything else that belongs to you, identify it before all these relatives of ours, and I will give it back. But Jacob did not know that Rachel had stolen the household idols. Laban went first into Jacob's tent to search there, then into Leah's, and then the tents of the two servant wives, but he found nothing. Finally, he went into Rachel's tent, but Rachel had taken the household idols and hidden them in her camel saddle, and now she was sitting on them. When Laban had thoroughly searched her tent without finding them, she said to her father, "'Please, sir, forgive me if I don't get up for you. I'm having my monthly period.' So Laban continued his search, but he could not find the household idols. Then Jacob became very angry, and he challenged Laban. 
What's my crime, he demanded. What have I done wrong to make you chase after me as though I were a criminal? You have rummaged through everything I own. Now show me what you have found that belongs to you. Set it out here in front of us before our relatives for all to see. Let them judge between us. For 20 years I have been with you, caring for your flocks. In all that time, your sheep and goats never miscarried. In all those years, I never used a single ram of yours for food. If any were attacked and killed by wild animals, I never showed you the carcass and asked you to reduce the count of your flock. No, I took the loss myself. You made me pay for every stolen animal, whether it was taken in broad daylight or in the dark of night. I worked for you through the scorching heat of the day and through cold and sleepless nights. Yes, for 20 years I slaved in your house. I worked for 14 years earning your two daughters and then six more years for your flock. And you changed my wages 10 times. In fact, if the God of my father had not been on my side, the God of Abraham and the fearsome God of Isaac, you would have sent me away empty-handed. But God has seen your abuse and my hard work. That is why he appeared to you last night and rebuked you. Then Laban replied to Jacob, These women are my daughters, these children are my grandchildren, and these flocks are my flocks. In fact, everything you see is mine. But what can I do now about my daughters and their children? So come, let's make a covenant, you and I, and it will be a witness to our commitment. So Jacob took a stone and set it up as a monument. Then he told his family members, Gather some stones. So they gathered stones and piled them in a heap. Then Jacob and Laban sat down beside the pile of stones to eat a covenant meal. To commemorate the event, Laban called the place Jeger Sadutha, which means witness pile in Aramaic. And Jacob called it Galid, which means witness pile in Hebrew. Then Laban declared, This pile of stones will stand as a witness to remind us of the covenant we have made today. This explains why it was called Galid, witness pile, but it was also called Mizpah, which means watchtower. For Laban said, May the Lord keep watch between us to make sure that we keep this covenant when we are out of each other's sight. If you mistreat my daughters or if you marry other wives, God will see it even if no one else does. He is a witness to this covenant between us. See this pile of stones, Laban continued, and see this monument I have set between us. They stand between us as witnesses of our vows. I will never pass this pile of stones to harm you, and you must never pass these stones or this monument to harm me. I call on the God of our ancestors, the God of your grandfather Abraham, and the God of my grandfather Nahor, to serve as a judge between us. So Jacob took an oath before the fearsome God of his father Isaac to respect the boundary line. Then Jacob offered a sacrifice to God there on the mountain and invited everyone to a covenant feast. After they had eaten, they spent the night on the mountain. Laban got up early the next morning, and he kissed his grandchildren and his daughters and blessed them. Then he left and returned home. Hey, everyone. We hope you're enjoying God's whole story as much as we are. If you like this podcast, go ahead and give us a five-star review. It helps us get God's word out to other people. Also, be sure to follow God's Whole Story podcast on Facebook and Instagram, where you can ask questions, learn more, and connect with myself, Ryan, and Chris. Thanks for listening.